New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Show. That's my open. That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Bradford Show. Subscribe, review, leave positive reviews. Subscribe right now. It's an order. Uh, we had a good one last week with Gabrielle Starr talking about what was our topic, Gabrielle? Was it was it was um, Mookie marketing of Mookie. Marketing. That was a good headline. It was a good headline, and um, it was a good podcast. So Gabrielle's back, and we have another person here who came because we're drinking our 617s from Lord Hobo, Chris Cotillo. How are you, Rob? Oh, my goodness. Your energy is off the charts. Yeah. Also, he heard that we Monday were night. talking about him last week uh, I mean, basically. I had people send it to me, yeah. Did you, did you hear that we were talking about you? I, I heard, yeah. It okay. was, I mean, it was a kind of more Rob-centric take on the Bill Murray photo. But. What's, so in case people missed last episode, which I find that hard to believe, but one of the things we talked about, the, along with the marketing of Mookie, was that Chris here took a photo with Bill Murray. Where was it? The airport? Yeah, he was behind me in the line. Neither of us have TSA pre-check, which is surprising. He does not have TSA pre-check? No. He, was going, he was going to Martha's Vineyard, so okay. exciting times for so, him. So you, you had the gumption to go up to him and, and say, hey, let's take a selfie. And that, of course spurred me on to get my photo my first ever selfie and i'm sorry gabrielle i know your parents took the first ever selfie i apologize but i'm still going to proclaim that my disposable camera selfie with bill murray is the first ever at least done with a disposable camera it is well factually so i get to juxtapose the chris cotillo photo the 23 year old chris cotillo sports writer with bill murray with I was just shy of 23 years old, and there's a lot to pick through. I think, who was it? It was Will Noonan, a friend of the show, who said, there's, there's so much shit going on here, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> One of the things that had to go through your mind, Chris, was like, this is what's going to happen to me. Yeah, I thought about just uh, just quitting, finding another profession, it's, going through the whole not, thing. It's right not going to trend well. <laughs> but, it's, yeah, you know, tough. as much as I've aged, like, 
God bless Bill Murray. He, yeah, so he's, he was he's, 40, he's had some tough times since that last picture I, was oh, taken. He's the best. He's, he was 43 in my disposable camera photo. Right. He was 69 now. So, uh, Gabrielle, you were very, very nice in saying, I forget what you said. I forget what I said. Yeah, you were very, very nice in make, not making me feel too older. You said uh, Bill Murray looks like everybody's grandfather. On vacation. And I also said that you looked like a great twin for Joey Gladstone from Full that House. That is true. Which that is made, a remarkable I don't, that, You comparison. know who that is? I do know who that is. Full House? Yeah, I've seen it. All right, there you go. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see the, see the resemblance. Well, maybe not There's now. There's a side-by-side from like yeah, a was, picture of him young and like a picture of uh, Dave Coulier from like promos for Full House. Exactly. Very similar. Exactly. Very similar. Very similar. You have to see, I mean, this is what happens when the Red Sox don't make the postseason. This is what our lives devolve into. No, it's, I think, (laughs) I think. It's just like, it's unbelievable. You call it devolving. I call it evolving. And, you know, so what the theme of this podcast is going to be about is uh, is exactly, sort of along the lines of what you're talking about. We have October off. I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking, we go through these days of October, and we're like, a year ago, I was here. A year yeah. ago, Joe Castiglione was falling out of his chair in the in the broadcast booth. A year, a year ago, ago, we had zero days off for uh, the 31. Ago, we had zero days off for an entire month. And so I'm thinking, well, a year, what has happened in the last year that has allowed us to to get together and drink our 617 beers in the pod combination studios here on Birmingham Way or whatever this place is called. What has allowed us to do this? And it's crazy how things have changed over 365 days. Like, so, Gabrielle, a year ago, I we didn't know each other. No. A year ago, when you're going through the Red Sox run, the postseason run, what was like, Chris and I are covering and everything. What, right, so is, does your existence change that much? This was ALCS game two a year ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I was actually, well, no, game two was here. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yeah, they had. Against Houston. When you yeah. have the best record in baseball, you get home field. They switch, They must have switched that. Right? Yeah, they must. <laughs> Those were the days. Um, I actually had flown. I was living in L.A. still, and I had actually flown home for 60 hours just to go to games one and two because my I had I had been at the ALDS when we got eliminated in 2017. Wait. When the Red Sox got so eliminated, this is one of the I things. was going to do it. We. So there's a lot of we's. Yep. Like you used to before you started covering the team, right? Yes, no. Uh, you still before do the then. Patriots press box, correct? <laughs> yeah, I can't can't yes confirm no? can't confirm or deny. Okay, all right. I'm sorry, but no, you know good. as you know yeah, that's no, one of the rules. I'm going to catch you on. Yes, um, go ahead. But you know what? When you sit in one of those overpriced plastic ponchos in the rain for four hours for a game four of an ALDS after flying all night on the red eye, I think you deserve in that instance to call it we because we collectively watched Farrell get ejected and then like all hope was just gone. Is that what what you said to the airline people? You said, can I get a discounted rate on flying back for this game? Um, So you were there. But I was here. I came home for 60 hours just to go to the first two ALCS games and... um, it was really funny because I remember we lost, like, the they lost the first game, and I was all anxious. I was like, oh, no, Chris Sale, the Astros were repeating last year. And then the next night, I'm sitting next to the du- next to the visiting dugout, like, two feet away from A.J. Hinch. And Benny has, like, Great Mookie guy, by has the, way. the leadoff, leadoff double, and Benny drives him in, and the coach next to A.J. Hinch just goes, well. You can say it. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Out of the gate, first inning. First inning. And Hinch just turns to him and goes, 
That was he said that when they actually removed the employees stealing the signs. That's what that was. That was what that was in reference to. No, but he goes he goes, Well fuck. And Hinch goes, You really thought it was you really thought they were gonna lose again tonight? This isn't last year. Wait. And I'm just sitting there and my jaw there's I'm just a few like, things to pick through here. There's oh a lot. How did you get those seats? Um Oh wait, I know how you got them. All right. You had good seats, right? Do you get them through uh, your friend with the Red Sox? No, they your... were, I was sitting in uh, Larry Lucchino's seat. Larry Lucchino's Well, <laughs> Her friend with the Paw Sox. Who was it? Who was her friend with the Paw Sox? Yeah, it was crazy. It was, but it was like, even Hinch knew, like, the Red Sox are not the 2017 yes. Red Sox. In terms of talking about how much things can change in a year, ALCS. Yeah, so I was here, and, and then they won. Yeah, they and then I went back to, and then I went back to, ago. and then I went back to LA. So this is the point, and waited Gabrielle. for them to come. This is to the point: is that LA. as we sit here drinking our six one sevens, and as we sit here, it's three hundred sixty. You knew exactly where you were. Oh, yeah. I knew where I was because I was, I assume, at Fenway Park, as yeah. you were, right? Aren't we do you always? remember? Do you remember that game at all? I had to be. My memory had to be refreshed. So that was the su- that was a Sunday night. It was the David Price game. David Price. Okay, so I. So that was game two Sunday. Patriots were playing the Chiefs, so I was in the back. That's right. Yeah. No, I, we, I remember watching the uh, Gaskowski kick a field goal to win the game with Steve Pierce, who was way more excited about the in Patriots. The after. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. On the side where his locker is. Yes. And he was way more excited about the Patriots than the Red Sox winning game two. Steve Pierce, by the way, who was hitting fifth that game. Yes. They talk about how much things can change in a year. That, MV Pierce. That. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why that made me laugh. I never heard that before. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, he's probably not the first one to say it. No, yeah. I'm, it, no, I, I didn't make it up. I like it's like a it was take a credit thing. for it. I, I don't assume, think I, I don't assume. think he's going to be called that ever again. By no. the way, Steve Pierce. Any Steve Pierce mention has the obligatory ping pong story that you need to bring back. You are you what of him in the spring training clubhouse? All right, go ahead. Uh, I forget your exact line on the Ryan Brazier episode, which was one of the best. Let me say because it's the other one I was uh, featured in. It was uh, Steve Pierce's heart rate playing ping pong today in the clubhouse was about 180 or something like that. And I feel like now looking back that he only played however many games this year that we could have seen that coming. Yes. (laughs) I also remember Steve Pierce, God bless his soul. He he was just a a recent... uh, Recent guest on this very podcast. And a very nice guy also. Very nice guy. Great. And, you know, and, and I was happy he had that moment in the sun. But he, um, it, it was, I was doing this story in spring training off of which Core keeps referencing for some bizarre reason about being in the best shape of their lives. So, like, Eduardo Rodriguez comes in, in the best shape of his life. So I did this story about, everyone says this in spring training, doesn't make a difference. So I, I went to. That. It's gonna be to that's gonna be me players. next spring, also. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to that. In yeah, spring. we're gonna lay off these six one sevens and we we'll get a chance. <laughs> but, but I was so I went to every one of the players, and, and Sam Travis is like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a machine. I mean, I'm a, all these guys, and a lot of them are honest, and some of them are semi honest. And Steve Pierce like, no, I'm not in the best <laughs> shape of my life. No, of course, no. Like, and, but then he said, the year I came in with the, in the best shape of my life. I actually had my worst year, which, you know, it didn't quite line up perfectly. Right, so he decided year. to just say, screw what every offseason says. <laughs> and drank some 6-1-7. But, yeah, exactly. but I think that in hindsight, we talk about the 365 days that we're talking about. The banquet circuit absolutely affected this team and led us to this road of sitting here um, in the pod combination studio. Right now, the banquet circuit, I think, was an underrated thing. Which I love, I love to talk about the banquet circuit because I, I can think of one banquet 
the baseball writers dinner that my wonderful colleague Chris Smith at Mass Live told me none of the writers go to. Turns out we were the only two not there. I think that might have been yeah, the only banquet. Yeah, every writer. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, also when I think Cora said, "Wait till you get a load of this next year, right? Or something like that. Wait till wait till next year." Yeah, that, but that's what he did, and, and it was because he thought Pedroia was going to be in the lineup. Is what, sure, what he says. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go, and he will be next year too. Did he right. Think- 2007 rookie of the year Pedroia was going to be no, in the lineup? No, no. Like, like, we, con- we all had full confidence in Dustin Pedroia. Cora, like Rob, had visited his home <laughs> in Arizona to go check things out. Seven on Christmas trees, Gabrielle. Seven Christmas trees at the Dustin Pedroia household. And before we get to the next That more of, than the Bradford house? Uh, his house is insane. Like, I was not ready for his house. Yeah. It, was, it was sort of, there isn't a lot of levels, but it spread out over like a mile. So, congratulations. You're not ready for my house because we have zero Christmas trees, but like 15 menorahs. Really? <laughs> is it spread out over a mile? No. No? It's in the city. Is it? A, is it like, okay. That's nothing wrong with that. So, Tom Brady lives in the city, too. Not for oh, long. No, it's great. Not, yeah, not for not long. long. Yeah. I feel like just being in the studio, we have to debate what that means. That he's not. No, we don't. All right. I mean, uh, but he, before... also, he also has a house near my grandma and near John Henry. Like He, he has like five houses. Nothing. Called, yeah, we all know this. The big three of he'll be eighty-five uh, years big old. Three of Brookline. He'll be eighty-five Your grandma, years old. John Henry, yeah. Tom Brady. Exactly the trifecta of Boston. <laughs> uh, before we move, before we move on to the three hundred sixty-five day theme, I, I would be remiss in not segueing this talk of the banquet circuit to the best thing that I heard in the last month of his. You talk about questioning questionable parenting. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah, right? go ahead. So. So Chris is sitting here. We're in Tampa. Yeah, the beautiful Tropicana Field. Tropicana Field. And we're eating. He's on his, like, fifth trip to the ice cream sandwich. Pot. I didn't. Those See, the problem with the ice cream sandwich is that the, the wafer sticks to your fingers. Yeah. So I was, I was, I tried it the first night. Congratulations I said, on powering through. Yeah, well, I tried it the first night, so I'm not doing this again. It's all over my keyboard. So I'm, I'm eating, like, broccoli and whatever. It's not true. It, it wasn't? I don't think so. Uh, whatever. Some good food there, though. So we're sitting here, and out of nowhere, he goes, you know, my dad told me that he would pay to for me to do Awaken 180, the diet plan, which I went on, right? So um, That's, Yeah. Yeah. The so nice I, offer from one Dave Cotillo. It was like, it was as a parent, I can tell you, I feel for Dave Cotillo because, like, he is trying to do what's right for his son. But talk about the dagger of all daggers for a 23-year-old kid. 24 now. Uh, tw- 24. As of, as of you yesterday. Were tw- you were 23 at the time. Yes. And saying, hey, you know what? You look a little fat. and I'm gonna Not pay- a little. I'm, I'm going to pay for you to have to go on a diet plan, which, by the way, my immediate response was, you know how much it costs. Right. So we called him. $3,000. So it's well wow. worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. And so we called him, and his his we put him on speakerphone, and he's like, um, 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 um. Yeah, just yeah. stay fat. Yeah, basically what that but meant. Think, think about that, Gabrielle. Is that as a parent, you want to help your son? So well intentioned. It's so well intentioned, but at the same time, you like it's like a month's rent in Boston. <laughs> I know, but to go down that road of. To, to jump and say, hey, you know what? You know, it's like if, if I said to my son, hey, you're really, really dumb, um, uh, but I'm going to like, he says that invest too. you. <laughs> well, he's going to get me hooked on phonics next. <laughs> exactly. Well-intentioned. Like, oh, I'm like, I, I, I thought it was I very bad. nice about I felt bad for him. I felt bad for you. 
but all that aside, you this is your first step to uh, to getting that sponsorship. Yeah, it was a. I live. 0.6 miles from here, and I Ubered, so clearly not getting in the steps I need to avoid the Awaken 180 program. All right, so obviously the banquet circuit caught up to the sports riders as well. Yeah, the one I didn't go to. So to get back into what we were talking about, Gabrielle, what is the thing when you looked at, if you look at this box score, do you look take a look at this box score? You have it memorized. You had good seats. You heard A.J. Hinch. Um, you had actually probably a better perspective of the game than we did with the the beat writer for Mass Live. By the way, I should note that Chris Cotillo of Mass Live um, is watching football games in the back room. You're paying attention. I, I checked in. You're, I was checking you're, in. You're, you're listening to the managers. You're seeing how they're stealing signals. You're seeing it all. So from that, I actually from, just brought that up again yesterday because apparently the Yankees think they're doing it again now. Well, everybody. I mean, this is like the crutch that everyone's going to be leaning on. Of course, but they were accused. Like, they had three f- official complaints filed against them. It's, is, isn't, like, the whole pitch-tipping thing, like, you were, as I, it, it's just something that you can't avoid. Like, pitch-tipping well, is, pitch like, pitch-tipping is different than, like, you know, it's obviously. Yeah, it's part of it. It's But it's the whole thing of how everyone's cheating, everyone's cheating. But in the playoffs, the cheating only gets amplified. Yeah. More people cheat. The crazy thing to me is this whole thing with the juiced balls, which, like, that's a whole different story. But it's, you know, the idea that they might, that they very clearly, the balls just don't seem the same as they were, you know, three weeks ago. And I almost feel like it's kind of unfair (laughs) just because, you know, all of their seasons were built around. Well, it's the same thing. It wasn't fair with the AAA guys when the minor leaguers didn't have the same. Well, yeah, baseball. Was, now they now they do, and they have they're like, oh, we hit you know 589 home runs this year. I'm like, yeah, because you got juiced balls. Yes. welcome to the party. And <laughs> it's true. And the in and I said two years ago, I said the most underrated uh, underreported story there was was Rawlings or the Major League Baseball buying Rawlings, and what happens? Two years later, Evan finally writes a story on it. Right. Right. It only takes him two years. Nuance. Nuance. Yeah. But, that was four jobs ago, two years ago for him. Yeah, I know. So. I know. <laughs> yes, I know. We're just picking on Evan now. Well, believe me. Death taxes and that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so to come back to the question, that day of, of looking at that, so you have, to refresh your memory, David Price, you know, four and two-thirds, gives up four runs, still hasn't sort of gotten over that, is he going to be able to be the guy that you want him to be? Felt like a step forward. It was a huge step forward. The, well, in the ALDS, he didn't. I don't think he lasted two innings. Right, is it, but think about that. It was a huge step forward. Four and two third innings, four runs. Well, I remember. I remember tweeting, for David Price, this was really good, because it wasn't ALCS Game Five yet. It wasn't World Series. Like we didn't know. What well, some we people know didn't even think now. they would start him again, right? No. I, well, I said that he shouldn't. When when they when they lost Game Two of the ALDS, I was like, bye forever. You weren't I, alone. I, I mean, what was it like his eighth postseason? I mean, yeah. Then and then it you was go a back, nightmare. Then you go back to Houston. And he did what he did, and then. You're right. I mean, and then yeah. when he turned around, I was thrilled. But no one—I mean, no one could have you, foreseen. You didn't go to Houston, did you? I didn't go to Houston, but I did go to Game Three of the World Series. Yeah, because you lived hours. out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And then I moved into Dodger Stadium for like a full eight hours, and. Well, who? I mean, without a wall, yeah, without I mean, a wallet, Chris, so I couldn't even. How many Dodger Dogs do you have that game? Oh, they weren't that good. I think I, I had one. But they—the thing—the they had a ton of desserts in the back, though. Yeah, I was I was too focused on the great game of baseball oh, to go were. eating. Yeah, I was too focused on worrying if Eduardo Nunez was alive. 
<laughs> he kept like throwing himself everywhere. That worry still stands. <laughs> well, okay, so that's that's one of the guys where like we 365 days yeah. later. Yeah. Eduardo Nunez, who the anniversary of that play he makes to end the Yankee series, which I, you know I I tweeted out a sneaky one of the most underrated plays in Red Sox history, and I completely stand by this where. That guy, the the play made by Nunez, who we know now is we don't know where he is. God uh, bless. Not signed after poor, being DFA'd. Poor one out for Eduardo, who, by the way, also Mitch Moreland's greatest contribution to the Bradford show ever was him stopping by in the Eduardo Nunez podcast and saying that Eduardo Nunez, when he went to Starbucks, used the name Sexy. <laughs> so when they had to call for his coffee, he put Sexy on it. I wonder how Bartolo Colon feels. <laughs> that's big sexy yeah that's a big difference no trademark on just the yes. words so um but he makes a play pierce makes that stretch and their q ratings never were higher at that point and also I, i'll stand by it one of the most underrated because if they if they do not make that play they don't win that series and that means they do not win the world series there was being there for all of it as you were there is no more intense moment than that ever. inning then yeah no i mean like, i've be, never been in a stadium like that yeah i remember I mean, people saying that. that i mean ending ending a, a postseason series with a play under review like that's it, yeah and you have to stand around but but the yankee stadium when when kimbrell's sitting there and arms the, are hanging arm, the the sweat is pouring off and it was he to, was almost as sweaty as he was when he was unsigned in may <laughs> yes yes um, for the exact same reason, too, because it wasn't because of the heat. It wasn't because it was because he was nervous, mm-hmm. right? He was because. Yeah, well, he made all of us nervous, too. I mean. Well, I mean, yes, he did not care about you at that time, though. No, of course not. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, yes. you watch him in the postseason and there's a reason why the Red Sox starters combined for something like 13 innings of relief work because he couldn't be trusted. But and that's... if Ben Intendi doesn't make that catch in the ALCS. Right. But that, Bregman's driving in runs. We're that was losing a foreshadow that of what was going to happen. With, in, in, but you bring up that's another one. The Craig Kimbrell, he he, pl- he pitched in this game 365 days ago, and he pitched one inning, one run, you know, two hits. You know, this is after you have Price come out, and then Barnes, Brazier, and Porcello. Boom, boom, boom. Brazier, that's another. There, there you go. I but mean, I feel like you can say that about so basically the entire pitching staff. Say a year ago, if you told me Brandon Workman's going to be the ace of the 2019 Red Sox and only allow one home run in the juice ball era, I'd be like, "What? That's not yes, a he thing wasn't, that's happening." He wasn't on like, the roster, right? He wasn't on the playoff roster, right? You know, yeah. he's in one of the rounds. Drew Pomeranz. You remember Drew Pomeranz was in the yeah, but they didn't on the World Series roster. Yeah, but he was on the roster. That's he warmed up. That's because Stephen Wright. Wasn't no, no, on this the was roster. a lot of the World Series roster. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Long after the Stephen Wright era had ended for good. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's crazy. And you go back to that game, and you, we talk about turning points. And do you, first of all, do you guys agree with me that if they don't make that play, they lose the series? Against the Yankees? Yeah. They're coming home, right? Yeah, but they don't have the pitching lined up. They, they yeah. didn't have any of the pitching lined up. Yeah, well, I mean, they weren't. They definitely don't want Price facing the Yankees again. Right. And Sale, exactly. Sale wasn't going to be rested enough and, like, yeah, I mean, it's a lot harder to see them winning the series, but they still would have been coming home with a... So, yes or no? 
win, win, the, win that series or not if they don't make that play? I'm just, let's just say I'm very glad they made that okay, play. Okay, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I said yeah. one, my two biggest – my two things that are sneaky, sneaky smart is that was one of the most important plays in Red Sox history in the David Ortiz home run, which we also had an anniversary of yes, against Detroit in the ALCS, was the biggest hit in Red Sox history. Yeah, they're not winning the – ALCS with that. Yeah, that, that I agree with. Well, thanks. Big, yeah. In Red Sox history. Yes. That was the six-year anniversary yesterday. Yesterday. Yes, and Joaquin Benoit was tipping his pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Torrey Hunter was tipping over. Yeah, so that was a great – that was like Joe Castiglione and God bless him. That shows you, like, what a nice guy Joe is because when they call Dave O'Brien, does he, Dave Ortiz, Dave Ortiz, Ortiz, Dave Ortiz, and then you hear, like, and Torrey Hunter's hurt. Like, because he <laughs> He's just like, he hurt his ribs. Because he just liked Torrey Hunter as a human being. Yeah, yeah well, that's what Pop, Poppy, t- like, posted today on his Instagram, and he, like, tagged Torrey Hunter. He's like, I still love you, man. Yeah. Do you see the thing where he's smoking cigars on the set? That makes me nervous. Like, you just what? got shot. Like, maybe don't well, like, be... like, at the really, I can flip it around the other way. Like, well, also... I got shot. Like, who cares? <laughs> Also, maybe you don't smoke indoors and give everyone lung cancer, but, you know. It's just not indoors, though, is it? I mean, they open the roof. Don't they open the roof after the games? Where was it? I didn't even see it. Many oh, you days. didn't see it? No. Uh, it was on the set on the Fox A-Rod set after. Tw- A-Rod tweeted that they're to... all trying his new Slugger cigars. Was it A-Rod's cigars? No, no, it's Poppy's. Yeah, it's I was Poppy's say, cigar, but A-Rod's like, this congrats. This is a shock. He was pushing <laughs> some product. Yeah. Um, it's like an it, SNL skit come to life. It, it was. But... Do you ever see those? Those are the best. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the most... It, it, the SNL skits and the uh, the Fox um, the post games are the most entertaining did things. You, about... Did you see him pouring booze into the cups the other? Where on the Fox set? No, oh, no. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love this attitude. If I get shot for whatever reason, I would be milking it as much as him. Not milking it, but enjoying life as much as as he is. And you just... wouldn't. You would smoke cigars in the press box. The what? Who's <laughs> to say I don't already? Fenway goes up in you, flames for like the 18th you, time in its history. You, you can't, yes. Well, hey, listen, I was shot. Is I was just doing my thing, right? Is yeah, exactly. Said? All right, so you had... New lease on life. Oh, my goodness, my computer is shouting. My favorite me. Tom Yawkey story, which like there aren't, <laughs> there aren't any, but no, just like... Things I didn't hear. I know, I, hear I know. I that sounds that sounds bad. No, just like the the crazy fact that like he bought the team when they were poor and terrible and the ballpark was like half burned down and then while he was rebuilding it, it burned down even more and he just kept going and you're like that's a guy who just is crazy. Well, yeah. Buys a ballpark during the Great Depression and then the ballpark's like ha- basically gone and you just build it again and again and again and It worked out for him sort of. Oh. <laughs> in, some, in some ways. Not for him, but for us eventually. Uh, lasting legacy. <laughs> yeah, he had a street named after him for a while. Yeah, temporarily. Um, so the other part about that game, sneaky part about that game, was so, and this, uh, again, we're talking about the three game 365 days ago from when we were taping this. Red Sox go up 2 nothing. Astros come back in the second inning off price. Two, uh, two, two, and then the third they go up four two, so they're up four two. The Red Sox load the bases in the third inning, but with two outs, Bradley hits a double, two out double. So one of his one of his three hits in the whole series that were all right extra but, base. But think about two that. Out extra if, base if, hits. So if if Bradley did what you would fully expect him to do this year, almost you know more times than not, then you're talking about we talk about game the. It's 4-2, and, you know, no one's scoring in this game again to the 7th, 8th inning. 
Like that changes everything completely, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just that's Jackie Bradley Jr. as an offensive player. I mean, he gets hot and gets extremely hot for a couple of weeks. I mean, he had the three biggest hits in the series, arguably, against the Astros, and then Slam. and then he had no other hits the whole rest of it, right? I think he, no, he I, had the game tying home run in Game Three of the World Series in the eighth inning, like. I'm think I was supposed to be somewhere after the game. I was like, "This is great." The game started at five. It's you know, this is the eighteen this, inning game. The eighteen inning game. Yeah. It was like we were down, I, and he gets up and hits remember. a solo homer, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna be late." And then the game Stupid went till you know one thirty in the morning. But we don't win the ALCS without JBJ. Everyone was complaining about him the first half of the year. I'm like. He was ALCS MVP because he had ten RBIs on, on two out swing. extra base his base hits. Then he adjusted it, which is bizarre. It's a bizarre thing. We look at the 365 days of Jackie Bradley. And it's bizarre because, you know, you have that second half where he was pretty good. You have the aforementioned, like you were saying, Gabrielle, about the, the run he went on in the postseason. And then he, he's, he, all that while, he's adjusting his swing. He's talking to JD's guy. And then he goes into the offseason, and he, and he goes out to L.A. two or three times to talk about with more. And so you're thinking, okay, he figured this out. And it was the exact same guy, right? Yeah, yeah Cora, I think, talked about that a lot. And I, he was indirectly, I think, alluding to Bradley the whole time. He said, we always write these great stories about how these private hitting guys are you know, so beneficial and they do wonderful work in the offseason. But nobody ever writes about when they don't work out, and I don't know if that was a shot at <laughs> at uh, him specifically, but it's you know I think that's something they're focusing on. He said in, in St. Pete right after our Awaken 180 conversation that he wanted to get those guys on the same page with his hitting team and and make sure that they were if they were going to these private hitting instructors that you know maybe they are more on the same page with the Red Sox than they were. So that's another one. That's a good segue. We talk about the 365 days difference. J.D. Martinez, J.D. Martinez was the guy and continues to be the guy of, hey, everyone gather around J.D. He's going to tell you how to hit. He's going to hook you up with Craig Wallenbrock, his hitting coach, and he's going to fix everything. And now, to your point, Chris, like it's, it's not that simple. And do we look at J- even J.D. as good a year as he had, and he had like this insanely good year once again, do we look at him differently? Uh, weeks, uh, just a few weeks out from him becoming a free agent. Well, we definitely think he's a worse defensive player than he was well, last that's, year. Yeah, he, I mean, he he was like, I mean, really the bad. eye test, and I guess if you want to look at the analytics too, but the eye test suggested. Can you imagine the guy that we saw play defense for the last in September yeah. for the Red Sox being the guy that they're putting him out in the World Series? Yeah, and I know he made the bad play at Dodger Stadium, but whatever. So. He was also hurt at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, but he was hurt this year, too. He had back spasms every time he played the outfield. Yeah. Which, by the way, like, one of the – I don't – remember when Cora, and I thought it was a good move, Machado pole hitter, and J.D.'s playing left field, so they move Jackie Bradley over uh, to left field because they think he's going to pull, right? It was like, oh, my goodness, this is an innovative thing. And I'm like, it makes sense. I mean, if the guy is a pole pole hitter, then that's a good move. So – and I asked this in spring training. I don't know if you were down there, but I'm yeah. like, why don't you do it like all the time? Like, if you, there are plenty of pole hitters. So why don't you do that all the time? If you have a guy that you feel isn't a good fielder, and you know he's going to be hitting into that spot, like why don't you do that all? Am I missing something? here? No, it's one of those things that seems very logical, and like it's almost so logical that 
It's too crazy for baseball. It's probably one of those unwritten rule things where it's only. Well, you're only doing the World Series? Yeah. I'm sure that's what it is. I mean, there's no other logical reason for it. Respect the <laughs> oh, game, Rob. Unwritten Damn rules? It. What are you talking about? Like I'm sure that I'm sure that that's what it is. That teams just like could do that they, all they the put, time. They but. put four outfielders for Mitch Moreland in Tampa in the last week of the season. That, they only, they only to me, one. that would be didn't, an unwritten didn't rule. somebody have a five outfielder situation going on in like the division series or the wild card game like last week? Probably. It was something like with the Dodgers, like maybe Bellinger was hitting where like they put like five outfielders or something. Yeah, so I, I don't. It, it, they're doing. Like, you talk about unwritten rule. Here's the unwritten rule. Don't – if if you're going to do the – we can't only do this in the postseason and we can't, we're not going to do it in the regular season, then you're not allowed to look in your cap, you know, yeah. for for p- pitch sequences. So be consistent. <laughs> God damn it. I don't write the rules. It's the messenger. <laughs> you don't write the unwritten rules. <laughs> I don't even speak them. <laughs> there you go. So do you look at J.D. Martinez differently now than, like, a year ago? Gabrielle? Yeah, I mean, he definitely, he and most of the offense, it was, you know, on paper, they come off, they're still basically, in some ways, better if you look at Xander Endeavors, but as a whole, they were still one of the best offenses in baseball. They were, you know, top five in a lot of the offensive categories. The difference was that on like a game-to-game level and player-to-player, it was consistency, you know, because there were there were weeks where Jackie Bradley Jr. had like four home runs and then, you know, he bat 140 for a month. And that's that's the whole thing is like baseball's a marathon. So, you know, the whole thing is consistency down the stretch. And one of the reasons the Sox were so lucky in 2018 was they were consistently healthy and they were consistently well, the performing I mean, we're about 365 days. Right. Of course, well, that comes back to the banquet circuit. Right. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, I think that, you know, there was an element of. When you caught when you, and everyone will tell you this, and I think they were well-intentioned human beings, but everyone will tell you this: when you cut off a month from your life, like now, when November first rolls around, they can hit the ground running in terms of getting ready for the next season, right? Plus, you know that in some ways they're already. Yeah, you know, after a couple of weeks, you don't know what to do with yourself. I mean. I did the whole freedom trail. I did the whole freedom trail today. It was five and a half miles. Like I don't know. And I, we were talking about that before this the show that you you did. So you said five and a half miles. When's the last time you did the freedom trail? I we went to Quincy Market today too. Yes, that's the same. Like I told you, (laughs) and my pre-awakened one eighty self would pass out after five and a half miles on the freedom trail. The sneaky thing is, is that you're. Who was I telling this to today? Maybe it was Ryan Hannibal. Is that you're sneaky athletic? Yeah. I think that, so he played, so Chris played in the media game. Deceptive. First Deceptive. In, first in, last out, kind of a lunch pail guy. First what? First in, last out. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, lunch pail guy. Economical movements. Like Chase Winovich on the Patriots. <laughs> there you go, of yeah. course. Uh, but sneaky athletic, yes. So uh, you're not going to waste. Whereas Gabrielle is 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 in it for the long haul, is exercising throughout the day, is doing freedom trails, doing cartwheels right past Faneuil Hall. You're sitting there saying, "Hey, listen, I don't have to do the cartwheels. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to run a four three forty at the media game. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all good. I'm kicking back with my six one sevens. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you at the Bunker Hill Memorial. Um, <laughs> my Uber there. Yes. <laughs> so uh, so again across the board to come back to our theme terrible segue to come back to the theme 
that, you know, a year, we're sitting here and all of this, whether it's Dombrowski, whether it's Cora, whether it's J.D. Martinez, whether it's David Price, whether it's Chris Sale, whether it's the three relievers or I mentioned, you know, Barnes, Brazier, Porcello, you know, like all of it. It's insane to me that we're sitting here, what is October 14th, and th- these guys are perceived the way, like, tell me, you, you, nobody would have ever predict. They, they could have predicted they weren't going to win the, or make the postseason even. Or, I don't think many people would have even done that, right? Yeah. I but, felt like division wild card at worst. I mean, you win, if, you, if you win 108 games, like, I'm going to kind of hold you to the standard you set for yourself if you're the same team. Minus well, a couple what did players. you predict for wins for them this year? I said, the game. I said, I said, you know, maybe like 95 wins, which compared to which 108 wins. Low. What did you have, Matt? You had them at like 120? No. I mean, I thought they'd still be closer to 100. I mean, it's the same if they stayed. That's, they that was the problem. It was the same. They didn't yeah. get the DJ LeMay he was in at all. Well, the irony just, is I, I just, said 95 because I didn't want to be disappointed because my whole thing is you expect very little from things. You won't be yes. as disappointed. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't. strategy coming into this podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I was like, you know, it's really hard to repeat. I looked up every team that's ever repeated and I'm like, all right. We're coming back in with basically the whole same team. I was wary of the nice. Benintendi switch for the leadoff. Ooh, you were wary of that. You the minute Cora announced that, I was like, bad idea. Did you say that, Chris? I mean. You don't know. You were just like looking to drink no. at the window. No, I, was, I wasn't. Because that was at the winter meeting. Bad so idea. Yes. But I, I didn't know that he had told Pete to ask him about the lineup. And then he, he started it with. Uh, no, I asked him about the lineup. Oh, you did? Yeah. Someone did. Told he, he told someone to ask about the lineup. Yeah. I think. I think in a lot of ways, this is like obviously it's my first go around with a like, you know, good to bad you know, downfall for a team and underperforming expectations. It's my first year, at least four months on the beat of the regular season because I started June of last year, which is smooth sailing the whole way, and there was nothing to complain about. Nobody yes. complained about anything. But I think it was really interesting how quickly everybody turned, talking about how much has changed, and then also how I don't really remember that many criticisms of what they actually did nobody it's Wait, easy, last year it's easy to nothing nobody no nobody. i mean i need the i mean the move oh in terms of the off season i don't think well because they had done because everything like for instance with the lineup switch right everything cora had done yeah and, and i mean almost worked out everything perfect. had worked out perfectly so like oh and, there every, must be and a everything and everything did doing this right and dabrowski as well so, but nobody's complaining about re-signing Steve Pierce. It was, oh my God, he signed a team-friendly deal. We didn't lose him. One year we get the we get the World, World Series, Series MVP, MVP on a one-year deal. Well, because the they, they touted everything out. I way. mean, it's the same thing. Everybody is just, and now that hindsight is twenty twenty. Evaldi was the worst signing ever. Pierce, I can't believe they gave him that much money, which he didn't get a raise. I mean, those kind of takes, I think, are are kind of tired because nobody was complaining at well, the time. And I'll go. I'll even. To interrupt you as the host of the show, yeah, I will say that I don't it's think that, you're talking. Yeah, I don't think there was that much hate on the Chris Sale thing. I don't think people looked at that as a bad deal either. That's a good question, and I agree with you. Like the Pierce one is anyone who says that they're like, I can't believe they signed Steve Pierce. Not only because it's one year, because if you go down the list of options yep. for a right-handed hitter, which is what they needed, like first baseman, he was the best option. And so you have one year, that's it. And then when the Chris Sale deal happened, I think that 
in our mind, it's a we, team friendly deal at the time. Yeah, in the mind, we were always thinking with Sale, it's going to be Scherzer, it's going to be something along those lines. So when you land at 120 million, you're like, oh my goodness, you know, this is was he 145, whatever. I mean, it's still below market. Yeah, yeah. But. I mean, so you land at, um, yeah, whatever he landed at, mm-hmm. you're like, okay. And but then, then now we talk about how things have changed. The 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 unbelievable thing is how badly. They missed that. And and he might come back and, and pitch really well again, but you had a guy, and we. And you're right, Chris. I don't think that – I wasn't saying this. I don't think most people weren't saying it. But you had a guy who had a shoulder issue, had pitched in spring training. The MRI had checked out when they did the, the, the physicals for this contract. But still, he hadn't pitched in a major league game after – going through half a year of physical issues. Yeah. And and later we find out, because he said this to me in London, it's like, I was never going to go to free agency. I, I was always going to come back here. And as a team, you have to read that. I mean, that's part of the deal. So uh, it, it is like shame on us all. Shame on us all. Look, we all had kind of like these blinders of – Four championships in 15 years. Not to mention, and the team did a really good job of hyping that up. They're like, guess what, guys? We're giving you Nasty Nate and Chris Sale for, like, another 85 years. And and Steve Pierce, too. Like, you know, they're just feeding it to you. I mean, they were doing their own version of the banquet for the for Red Sox Nation where they're just like, we're giving you that- the guy who struck out Manny Machado yeah. on one knee. And we're giving you the Game 3 warrior Nate Valdi. Like, not... We're giving you Nathan Evaldi, who has a surgery every year, and Chris Sale, whose only start between the end of July and the beginning of September was a quote-unquote rehab start against the Orioles. Is it, isn't that weird, though? Isn't that like we... That's prop- It's we, a propaganda but, machine. I know, but, but, but this is what I say. They, these are smart people. This is along the lines of how these teams get seduced by a couple weeks of the postseason. These are smart people running these organizations. And so... You're like, yeah, as fans, they're screaming and yelling, hey, re-sign Mike Lowell. Re-sign Mike Lowell after he wins the MVP. In this case, it was Evaldi or, or Steve Pierce or whoever. But it, that's not their job. That That's not their job to listen to those people. Yet, Gabriel, that's exactly what they did to oh, a yeah. certain degree. I mean, John Henry said it. I mean, John Henry said, hey, maybe, you know, I shouldn't have. Maybe we shouldn't have brought back this. And, and mm-hmm. I'm convinced when we're talking about Dombrowski, why he is gone, put that at the top of the list. You told me to spend the money on this, so I did spend the money on that, and that wasn't a good thing to spend the money on. Am I wrong? No, you're not. I mean, the, the thing with Dombrowski. You're welcome back <laughs> the thing with Dombrowski is, and you and I talked about this, he is a certain kind of GM. You know, he's known for spending. He comes in, he spends big, he makes a big mess, but he gets results. And the thing was, honestly, he got those results last year. And, I mean, yes, the, the fall was a little, like, the the team falling this this far and this low so quickly was un, was pretty unprecedented. But Dombrowski is known as the guy who gets you the World Series, or yeah. in the Tigers' case, well, gets you to the postseason. But, you would expect that he would last 365 days after winning the World Series. I remember, like, were you at the He got thing? cocky. <laughs> he, he got they all did. They're all like, well, everything was, we did was – they, 
They totally were well, Icarus. Except, they just. But the weird thing is, and the weird thing is, what are you shaking at? What's wrong? I thought Carry On Johnson was going to score. Stop <laughs> it! You're not invited back. Why? Why don't uh, we have the uh, the baseball the, game? On? The, yeah, why don't we have the baseball game? On? Like I, four teams. I don't know how to use a remote. The Bruins replay on from this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say there are a thousand Bruins people on the on the uh, Freedom Trail today, so I oh, know really? this game isn't. Oh, current. there you go. So, yeah. um, but with with Dombrowski, I remember. I don't know if you were at the uh, the movie the, premiere thing. Movie premiere thing, oh, and yeah. I asked him. How long do you want to do this for? <laughs> More than a year probably was his answer at this point. Yes, yes. But you're thinking, oh, he's kind of old. I mean, he's like, you know, whatever. How old is he? He's not as old as you think 63? he is. 63? 63, yeah. 64. Almost. But almost is he, and he almost, me. you could, he almost. <laughs> Everyone knows he's their my, time. He's my slightly older brother. Everyone knows their time in Boston is limited. It's like being married to Henry VIII. You're like, it's a great <laughs> ride while you have it. And then. <laughs> You're dead. That's a bizarre. Analogy. Yeah, what a what a. Right <laughs> that that it's a very historical that's, that's, day for me, but it's very accurate. I think I really don't know. That is that is really really good. In it's a lot shockingly, of ways. you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's tenuous, like, but like enjoy it while you can. You're working for the Red Sox, but no there's more. no tolerance for failure. You don't give me a son. Someone it's, recently called me a Dave Dombrowski defender, so I will I will go. Is that, on that. true? <laughs> yeah, well, because I think that. And I, you know, obviously we have our 617s here, so I'll reference beer again. There's certain people that never have to buy their own beer in this town again level. And I don't see a it's reason. Joe Kelly. Yeah. For some reason. Literally. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Because you buy them for them. No, that's, it's that's, because that's because, because Lord Hobo said he had a lifetime supply of beer. Well, yeah. If he, if he wants something else, it might be an issue. Anyway. And I need it but after if you look at, I mean, yes. there's no reason Dave Dombrowski is not at that level. Like, that's. That, I think, is ridiculous. Well, that's, you know, you look and at... And the same thing with Charrington. I feel like they both went and left with bad reputations, and it's well, just because I think Well, the weird the thing is, the weird thing is when people outside from baseball, they say, oh, man, Boston's a tough town. You win three division titles in a World Series, and you're over 500, and yeah. you get fired before the year ends? Yeah, in the middle of the night. <laughs> in the middle of the night? Yeah. So, it, it's... Like it is insane if you look at it that way, but if you look at it outside of this vacuum, it is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean you've, you have but people was, like Indians fans. They haven't won since nineteen forty eight. So I'll ask you too. Do you think it was ridiculous? As the as the biggest, Chris, you can go first. As the biggest, to, Dave to Dabrowski, Yes, I would have said that any idea, even probably a month before it happened, I would have thought any idea of him being fired is ridiculous. But as they got closer, it, it turned out that. They had their eye toward the future, which is fine. It's weird because you were doing those possible GM slideshows for MassLive.com. dot yeah, com. All about the clicks, right. and uh, <laughs> so no, it's not it's about good, <laughs> genuine, <laughs> nuanced sure. journalism. Okay, well, our good friend Evan but, Darling. But go ahead. I I think it was uh, even you ask people, you know, on the team, and I think when we got the access to Porcello and uh, I believe JD and Mookie and Cora that night when he was fired, you know, I people. We're posing the question of would you have could you have ever envisioned this you know when you were celebrating the world series uh or, or at the parade and john henry was saying that you know we were going to work out an extension the timeline on his that was that was your that, question good job yeah I, I just think the timeline on that doesn't all line up which we can get to but 
Well, the timeline. So, so at the duck boat, he says John Henry says that you know that's the next order of business to work on an extension. And apparently, within 24 hours, he realized he. he, that he didn't well, he want said, to work yeah, he again. said, um, said we we had some disagreements. I mean, like immediately. Yeah. And and then on the spring training bench, he once again said, one of our main priorities is locking up Dave Dombrowski again. So. Something doesn't line up. There. And you would think that and you would think that one of those things that he's referencing is the Chris Sale contract. I mean, you go down, it's not hard. You go down the list, the Evaldi contract, and if you want to get r- r- riled up over Pierce, go ahead. But the Chris Sale contract and Trump changed compared to the well, pitching also, contracts. Yeah, exactly. And it's one year. And and to Chris your point, on the bench in spring training, they're the ones who are saying we screwed up the John Lester thing. You know, five years ago, and we aren't going to screw it up again. And the minute they say that, we all know they're prioritizing Chris Sale. I mean, yep. that's that's a month before they announced the extension. So, but at that point, you knew it was getting done. Yeah, but that that's but it also March. shows you that they had. It would seem that the ownership had signed off on it. Yep. Right. And probably was pushing for it. So that's bizarre. So anyway, all right. I uh, I don't want to break my rule of going too long in podcasts. Is there anything else you guys are riled up over over the last 365 days? I'm not riled up over everything. I know. You just, I mean, listen. It's so nice to watch baseball that You're I don't really care about. Trail. He's like <laughs> drinking like 617s here. And I've, had, I've had one. That's because you only brought three. You had one. <laughs> Our friend of the podcast, Justin McMahon, had one, and I had one. So, Justin, good job. Excellent. Is that, where's Donuts? Is Donuts here? Where's, where's Donuts in here? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, actual. So Donuts is, uh, we'll give him a thrill. Um, he, Donuts was uh, my intern for the podcast. Donuts, come on in. Can you turn on this mic? Just step right over there, right here. There's only, the, just swing that mic over, Donuts. So Donuts is uh, the, the intern for the podcast. He's actually the intern for the broadcast, Red Sox broadcast. But he was he helped me out with the podcast, and so I want to give throw him a bone. He's in here at the podcast studio, um, helping out. Um, and so the, this Donuts is the guy who he when we were doing the Matt Barnes podcast, I said Donuts, you get one question of Matt Barnes, and Donuts' question was, I don't know if to applaud him or say what What are you doing? His one question was, do you believe in the Gettleman process for the New York Giants? Right, Donuts? Yeah, right. Speak, come on, speak closer to the mic. This yes, yes. Okay, all right. So, so do you, you take pride in that? And you end up making a trust the Gettleman process T-shirt and send it to Matt Barnes, right? Yes, that's So right. if anyone needs Matt Barnes' home address, Donuts has it. Dave Gettleman was sitting uh, two rows behind me at the Gillette, in the Gillette press box the other day, and he cut me in line for the halftime Caesar salad wrap. Who was that? Who? Gettleman. Oh, you, he did? Yeah. Well, see, yeah, if we yep. knew that, we would have got the Trust of Gettleman T-shirts yeah, exactly. out. Exactly. Um, so I would. I'm gonna be. We'll close things up by doing this. So Gabrielle and Chris, you both look very successful in your own right. Give Donuts your best uh, advice um, for this industry. Gabrielle, you can go first. Go ahead. Um, Come on, it has to be good. Look at look at poor Donuts. Always over be here. extra prepared, because you'd rather be extra prepared than underprepared. <laughs> that's good advice but i don't like his reaction like he's just like mm-hmm. he's like no more work yeah. <laughs> so the, do you feel like you're a prepared intern yes you you do yes. you got that you're electric donuts right now 
You're like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? All right, Chris, what, what advice do you got for donuts? Do you ever see advice on Twitter from a man named Evan Drellick? D-R-E-L-L-I-C-H. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do the exact opposite. Exact opposite. And you'll have a long career and exact a stable job. Opposite. You wouldn't have to worry about the hiring process every six months and bitching about it on Twitter constantly. <laughs> and uh, you'll have a long, prosperous career. You got that, Donuts? Oh, yeah. All right. So what? What? You, anything else, Donuts? What else you got? You heard our conversation at all? Um, no, we were listening. All right, good. All right, well. okay. So was I. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, Donuts. All right, good. We'll talk to you later. You'll be on the podcast again. How many Twitter followers we picked up on the Bradford Show account? Good, good three, Pretty right? Um, nah. I'd probably say like closer to double digits. <laughs> Whatever. Thank, <laughs> thank you for all your hard work, your efforts. See, I'm like, like the little kid at the basketball game. Nice try, good effort. Nice try, good effort. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, guys, anything else? Nothing? Was this fun? Yes? That was great. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, good. All Anytime. Right. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll walk down here next time. You know, good luck getting in the door. <laughs> uh, okay, Gabrielle Starr, girl at the game. All right, girl at the game. <laughs> you read that. Right, Chris? Yep. Yeah, all right. Chris Catello, Mass Live. Gabrielle, you read that, right? Oh, yeah. All right, someone's got to. All right, uh, I'm Rob Bradford. We'll see you next time. New on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat. We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means high visibility polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and not to mention they replace lost and broken shades. Shady Rays includes lost or broken protection on every new pair purchased. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose or break them, no matter what happened. See ShadyRays.com for details. Shady Rays offers free 30-day returns and exchanges so you can find the best fit for you. Try them, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America with your order, adding to over 20 million meals donated to date. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com MLB to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's ShadyRays.com MLB for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs. And try for yourself the polarized sunglasses rated five stars by over 150,000 people.